Hey, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ right here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, and we hope that you'll check us out online. You can do that at eaglechurchofchrist.com or Facebook at facebook.com slash Eagle Community Church of Christ. This week, we talk about part two of our series of rest. Again, I encourage our congregation to to take a different look at rest, to look at it as something positive instead of uh, something that opposes work, as we often do in our culture. So again, uh, this is something we all need. We're overworked. We don't have enough vacation. And even when we have it, we don't take enough of it. So uh, here we go with part two of rest. Come see us sometime. Amen. Thank you, Tyler, for leading. It's been too long. I was uh, excited this morning when I saw Tyler's face because I knew he was leading again. I don't think he's done it since we've like changed it to where you're doing it two services in a row. I thought he just backed out like, that's too much. I don't know. Uh, but he, he's done a great job, and we appreciate you. We, we certainly do. appreciate everyone who, who steps up and, and helps out, like we uh, mentioned earlier. All right, we, uh, we talked last week about a very difficult subject. Rest. So I had people say, I've never heard a sermon like that before. You never know how to take that, by the way. Uh, is that good or bad? You want to give me any, any kind of feedback there? Uh, I had people say, I don't know how to rest. Uh, I had people thank me uh, for, for preaching it. So, you know, to kind of get in your mind uh, maybe a better uh, view of what rest is. I didn't have anyone come up to me and say, you know what, I think we get way too much rest. I just didn't have that happen. I just want to let you know, through two services, nobody did that. Uh, So as we begin today, I'm calling this Simply Rest Part 2. I want to start off with some of the things we talked about last week, just to kind of bring to your mind what we talked about, and some of you weren't here, uh, so it'd be good, good for you to see. So we work a lot. Uh, I condense this down to just one slide here. Uh, On your left side, average hours worked. So this is a big chart. On the left side are the top hours worked per year uh, uh, listed by country there. On the right side is the very bottom of the list. And so what you see there is, again, United States coming in, what, sixth? And what I told them last week is I hope that no one looks at this thing and thinks, you know what, if we just put in a little more work, we can catch Mexico. You know, I hope that's not what you, uh, what you hear there. Uh, but what you see on the other side of it is uh, Austria down to Germany, the very bottom of the list. I'm getting just a tad bit of ringing back here. Um, I'm just too loud probably. Uh, but, but what you see in a, a country like Germany actually works very similar weeks to what we work, but they get a lot more vacation. Y'all know what that is, right? Vacation, yeah, we don't get enough of that either. Uh, Germany, uh, look at them, 32 days per year. So their, their country says, hey, these people need to be off. And so what they get is around 20 to 21 uh, you know, days off. That, you know, you've got to get that when, uh, when you work a job, and then the rest are in holidays. And what we talked about last week was Uh, Even our vacation, even if you're lucky enough to get vacation or holidays off, sometimes that is viewed very negatively. My first job was in banking. Well, you just have banker's hours. 
And I, I told a story about the, one of the members of my church who, uh, you know, I'm nervous working my first job, and he drives up to the window. I was working the back window, and uh, I said, hey, how you doing? Said, hey, John. And he sat there a minute, and he said, well, this is an awful soft job, isn't it? Well, thanks. Good to see you too, you know. I uh, wish I wouldn't told my coworkers that we go to church together uh, in this moment. Uh, but yeah, thanks for insulting everyone. So, so we have this view of what work or what vacation is like, and a lot of the time, if you have time off, that's viewed very negatively for whatever reason. I think that's really just a cultural thing that we have, we have been so drawn to the way we can, uh, the capitalist market, the way we can earn money, the way we can work harder. Uh, the American dream is, well, you, you fill in the blank, but did that just go off? All right. Well, I get to see stuff. Y'all don't. <laughs> Everybody turn to the back. Um, so, so what you see here, Germany, 32 days per year off uh, as far as uh, holidays or vacation. Austria, 35. I'm signing up for that right now. Let's go. Uh, but look on the right side. By law, every European Union country has at least four weeks of paid vacation. So you start a job. No, you know, right out of high school or whatever, you start out with four weeks of paid vacation. And so other places in the world are, are kind of understanding rest a little better than what we understand rest to be. Uh, look at this. In fact, the U.S. is the only advanced economy that doesn't guarantee its workers any paid vacation. That's on a, a, a national level. So you don't, you know, your company may guarantee you, yes, but as far as a country guaranteeing, like Germany, uh, I told you they get 20 or 21 plus holidays, our country does not do that. So if you work at a job, it's up to the job, right? It's up to your company, your corporation to decide that. Well, uh, and some of you who work for yourself think, man, I wish I had, you know, 10 vacation days a year. And that's kind of what we, uh, what we see around here. Uh, not only do we uh, not get a lot of vacation, but even when we get it, we don't take it. This was from uh, 17, no, it was 18, 2018. American workers left a record number of vacation days on the table last year, 768 million days. Is there, uh, can we like put that in a pot and some of us can take those when needed? Can we do that? Uh, can we sign up for that? And that was up 9% from 2017. So why is that? Many of us feel the pressure to stay in our job and to keep working, and somebody may, you know, maybe there's a fear about it that if I take off, I'm gone a day, maybe I feel like I'm replaceable. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking my employer just wants to, uh, wants a reason, you know, take me out. Well, you're just not here much. Well, I had PTO. You ever sign up for PTO? That's a deal, too. It's personal time off, but then you have to fill out, you know, or, or tell them all the details about why you need off. Well, it's personal time off. That's what I want to be here. I watched a thing on social media this week that uh, this lady was trying to sign up for PTO, and they kept asking, what is your reasoning? She said, I don't want to be here. Can you be more specific? I don't want to be at my job on this day. You know, it just went on for about four questions. <laughs> and, and then they said, um, declined. And she said, I am not going to be here. That, I don't care what you put it down as. I'm not going to be there. But sometimes even that is a hassle. We are busy, amen? Again, even the way we greet each other, how you doing, what's going on, 
uh, often what you will hear, maybe what you will say is, man, I am busy. Because if I don't say that, I feel like, I may feel the pressure of this person may think I'm lazy. Or I want to feel like, you know, a lot is going on in my life. Well, how does that stack up to what we see biblically? Uh, what is it we see in Scripture that, you know, may, may push us in a different direction? We need rest. And look, we'll, uh, we'll talk about this just a, just a second. The word Sabbath, which means cease rest, complete rest, or desist, is found in every section of the biblical text. Uh, forms of that word occur 104 times just in the Old Testament. So what we see is this concept of Sabbath that, that God institutes not as, as some sort of uh, legal, uh, just do this, this is another rule you have to keep. This is a blessing to the people. You're, you're talking about a, a society that had to go to work. They had to go tend the fields. They had to go tend uh, to their livestock, or they might die. Again, there's no H-E-B down the street, no Walmart, no quick run and, and, and go get all of this stuff. They had to put in the work to make it happen, right? And so when God tells them, you know what, on that, on that, on that day, you have to completely take off. You can't work. The land needs to rest. Your animals need to rest. Everybody needs to quit. That wasn't exactly an easy saying to them. But it was given to them as a gift. You ever heard of blue light laws? You ever heard of those? Some, some of those are pretty antiquated, and you wonder, why in the world did that ever happen? Uh, one of the probably most famous, most well-known is, uh, you know, trying to go buy alcohol on a Sunday. You know, different, different states, I think, have different rules, but, you know, some of them can't sell, like liquor stores aren't open at all, or maybe if a store sells beer or something like that, it's, you know, you can only do it after 12. You know, it's some kind of weird rule. You're like, what? What is this about? And if you study those, actually one of, the, one of the things that keeping those blue light laws in place are the liquor stores. Because one day a week, they know I don't have to compete with Joe down the street. Because I can rest. I don't have to worry about them being open. Uh, when I was in uh, banking or, well, especially banking comes to mind, it was always a question of, is the other bank down the street going to be open on this holiday you know, when can we close so we're not still competing with them? And so there's this competition that just kind of drives us and kind of, okay, I can only get this much rest because so-and-so down the street uh, may be competing at this time. But God gives us this thing called Sabbath, this thing called rest or stop as a gift to his people. And what I challenged you last week to do is to kind of see this as Jesus saw it. Look at this from Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, what are they doing? What is, uh, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. So, so Jesus is talking to church people. He's like, have you read your Bible? Boy, wouldn't that be anxiety producing if I started off every sermon with that? Hey, guys, did you read your Bible this week? Some of you would skip out on coming. Like, he's going to ask that. I'm going to show up late today. I don't want to feel like I need to lie or anything like that. Jesus looks at these church people and said, have you read your Bible? 
You, you zealots, the Pharisees, and, and I admitted last week, I, I would make a good Pharisee. I really would. Let me, let me know the black and white rules. I will keep them, and I will enforce them too. I'm good that way. You know, I, I was raised a rule follower. Uh, I'm still that way today. But Jesus looked at these people, and he said, have you read your Bible? Do you understand what, what David did? David did something that nobody was supposed to do other than the priests. He said, why was it okay with God? And simply because he was hungry. And so what Jesus is saying in this moment is you've got to look at not just the letter of the law, kind of how we're wired a lot of times. A lot of us were raised that it is all about black and white. It is letter of the law. It's either good or bad, right? And Jesus points out, he says, well, look what David did. Something nobody was supposed to do, but it was okay because he was hungry. Like God, you know, we went through this series about how God is not just out to get you, not hiding around the corner. He's not... Sinners in the hand of an angry God type of God. The God loves you. And can you imagine, uh, it, it, those of you who had really good parents, can you imagine your parent just looking at everything black and white? Well, you weren't supposed to have a snack. Well, I hadn't eaten in three days. Well, I told you no snacks. You're in trouble. Can you imagine that? No, we can't imagine that. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, you've got to know who God is and God's love. And so that's why it's okay that David did this. And look what he says here. He says, then he said to him, the, uh, them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. They had it all wrong. Because to them, the Sabbath was a, another rule to keep. It was another either right or wrong. Are you doing this correctly? Are you doing this incorrectly? And God is a God of love who gives. He's like, you don't even understand the gift you have been given to have a day of rest. One more time on uh, what we see kind of in Scripture. The Sabbath day is a commandment of the Lord, Exodus 20. The Sabbath is a perpetual covenant, Exodus 31. The Sabbath is a sign between the Lord and humankind that God is the source of sanctification. So you get some symbolism there. Uh, and then finally, the Sabbath should continue even during the harvest and planting seasons, kind of what I said a few minutes ago. That, yeah, how many of us can come up with excuses when we, when we can't rest? Can you imagine living in a time like this and God saying, yeah, even, even in the harvest, even in the planting season, when your, your calendar is full, everything is going on, you need to rest. So rest. Did you do it this week? Before you raise your hand or not raise your hand, I told him Wednesday night, I said, I'm going to ask this question on Sunday, and I'm not asking the question, uh, and you think back, oh, I did rest, you know, kind of accidentally. Like, oh, yeah, there was a time I rested this week. Did anybody rest for four hours, like after the sermon, you thought, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to take it seriously. Let's see. Two, and that's okay, because it proved my point. <laughs> Worked y'all right into the sermon. All right, we could, we could spend a time asking why, couldn't we? But we know why. I've already outlined those things. There are pressures. We've already filled our schedule. Last week when I said that, some of you thought, that's impossible. I've got too much going on already, because we are not intentional about how we get our rest. 
Those external pressures are so much, the voices are so loud that a time of four hours, like I could have told you like 30 minutes, but that's kind of useless. Like four hours, that, that takes intentionality, doesn't it? Like I'm going to have to sit down. I told you guys my, my time is Sunday uh, after I get done from here because I walk out and uh, being, being borderline introvert, extrovert right down the middle, I'm kind of like drained. And so lunch and then nap for John after this. And so what is your rhythm of rest? And, and those of you who didn't do it, think about that. All right, what is it stopping me from having the rest? Because we can go to Scripture, and I think we can make a pretty good case that uh, uh, maybe we should be observing Sabbath every week. How many times have you heard that? We kind of think of that as something in the past, right? And there is no... Uh, not necessarily an explicit command that says, hey, keep observing the Sabbath, but what, what we just read in Exodus, it's a continual thing. Uh, you get in Hebrews, which may be a little more eschatological, kind of an end times, um, kind of a uh, you're going to have a Sabbath rest in the future type of thing. But how many of us would benefit from a day of rest every week? Now, I think the only way we would ever do that is if we knew everybody else was doing it, kind of eliminating one of those pressures. Like our church rests on Saturday or whatever the day is, and that's what we do. I think that would, that would be the only way because individually you're all thinking about all the other stuff I have to do or how I might be perceived. Let's look at a couple of other things from Scripture here, from Colossians 3 that, that probably impact us when we're talking about rest. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. So Scripture says plenty about working hard, doesn't it? Now, specifically in Colossians 3, this is kind of a household code area, and this is actually referring to slaves, that even in your position of slave, that you are to work as if you were working for the Lord himself. Anybody ever heard that applied to your, your own job? Yeah? Yeah, me too. And so we think about it as, man, I need, to, I need to work for Jesus. Whatever I'm doing, I need to work hard, and I need to do it well. Well, yes. But remember what all God also said. Won't you take a day off? From 2 Thessalonians 3, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Anybody keep that one in your back pocket? <laughs> you shall not eat. It's interesting because this section of, of 2 Thessalonians is talking about busybodies, people who just can't seem to uh, uh, just go with the flow. They've got to be doing something. They're probably pretty divisive. They're up talking. They're probably bad-mouthing. They are... Uh, even mooching off of people, which is why he says that here. He says, we gave you an example that we're uh, that you can imitate. Is that, you know, if you want to eat, you need to work. Don't just go around dividing people up and trying to get food where you can get food. You need to work. There, there's something, you know, inherently good about, you know, putting in good work, right? But what about when that goes too far, when all we think about is work? One of the books I want to... Uh, Direct your attention to, hopefully you can sit. Yeah, you can sit better than I can. Uh, Rest uh, by Alex Pang. Why You Get More Done When You Work Less. Now, that's a book title and subtitle worth reading, isn't it? He talks about a lot of different things. I'm going to share a couple of quotes from this book. Uh, it talks a lot, of, uh, 
a lot about a lot of different things about how your brain works and, and how impactful rest actually is on your body. I don't think for a lot of you who, who do manual labor and you go out and you work, like you understand that, like my body could use more rest. But those of you in more um, uh, positions or jobs where it's, it's more creative, like maybe you're a teacher and you're constantly coming up with different uh, lesson plans or different activities or, or things like that where, uh, yeah, you may work a certain hour per day, but your brain's always having to engage. Anybody in that kind of position? Like, it is just as important for those kind of people, if you work that kind of job, to understand the importance of rest. Anybody ever uh, worked on a hard problem, couldn't figure it out, so you kind of, uh, I'm going to go away from it for a little while, and I'm going to work on something else. And while you're working on something else, the light bulb goes off about the other thing. Have you ever done that? I do this with remembering uh, I will tell people, listen, I've got to put it in my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Because two weeks later, when I'm getting out of bed in the morning or I'm taking a shower, then I remember the conversation we had. Anybody do that? Like, you see how your brain is constantly working, even when you're not thinking about it, even when you're not trying. When you're working on that other problem, your brain is still working out the other thing. It's amazing how our brains work. But because of that, because of the, the physical and the mental exercise and work we put in every week, it is so important for us to have rest. Isn't it interesting that our God was so loving and all-knowing that he knew that? Like, we've got all the science to back this up now. And maybe they didn't understand why in the world they had to take a day off. But God said, take a day of rest and all the benefits that we now kind of understand. I think that's fascinating when we learn something new about the body, and, and, you know, God gave us that a long time ago, right? We now understand how whatever works. That's great. God handled that a long time ago. He also understood why we needed rest. Look at these uh, couple of quotes. If you want rest, you have to take it. You have to resist the lure of busyness, make time for rest, take it seriously, and protect it from a world that is intent on stealing it. Anybody find this to be true? Yeah? So many things in our schedule vying for our time, wanting our attention. Uh, and quite honestly, we can do that at church as well. Um, you guys know the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the people do 80% of the work type of thing, and that's in any organization, not just church. And so what we have to do is protect those people who are coming and putting in that work. Because, you know, as, as someone who uh, might ask for volunteers or something like that, it's real easy to just select the person that you know you can count on every week, that you know they're going to come through and they're going to handle it every week. But what happens? Just like in our jobs, just like in everything we do, we can get burnt out. We can tire those people out, and all of a sudden, you realize they're not here anymore. They were so involved. They were going so well, and all of a sudden, they've walked away from church because they're done. They're tired. They need a break. We do this in all of our lives. We have to protect our lives from all of the busyness. And again, we may see rest as kind of against work. That's not the case. Even scripturally, as, we, as we've looked at today, that there are great things about work, but there are also great things about rest. They work together. 
that you're able to work better because you have had that day of rest. Um, one more, more quote here. If your work is yourself, uh, if your work is yourself, when you cease to work, you cease to exist. I'll read that one more time. If your work is yourself, when you cease to work, you cease to exist. So what's the problem here? Identity. If I ask you, who are you? Many of you are going to lead with your name, and you might, the second thing might be, you might say family, but you may say what you do for a living. Because our identity uh, is tied up often in what we do for work, because that brings, that feels like it brings value to us, and can kind of better explain who I am. Notice this from a different book. This is uh, quoted in Sub Subversive Sabbath, that's by A.J. Swoboda, uh, but he's quoting Mary Bell here. Work is our drug, our numbing agent, escape hatch, and anesthetizing behavior. Achievement makes us feel the semblance of some glow of heightened, idolized identity where we are what we do. We could spend a lot of time right there. In this modern world, we have become addicts to doing, making, producing, and accomplishing. Our modern dogma is that of Batman. It's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. So there's an identity issue here. But what should our identity be, church? Our identity is found in who? That's right, God, in Jesus Christ, in who we are as his followers. And so if our identity is wrapped up in anything other than that, uh, it is easy to go down a path that leads you away from him. Because again, your identity is not found in him. And so as his followers, he gives us in scripture so many times talking about the Sabbath and Jesus even said, as we read today, that Sabbath is a gift for you. This was made for you. Not you to follow this rule, but you to have this gift of rest. Now in the book rest, I put up on there, Alex Pang. Uh, he says, you know, even though the subtitle is how you get more done when you, uh, uh, when you rest more, whatever the subtitle was, he says, you know, I don't see this as something where we look at it and think, you know what, here's a, here's a book where I can just be more efficient, more rest, and I can just get more done, like I'm going to go work harder, and it kind of comes into a workaholism. And, and so what he's calling us to do is just understand the healthy balance as we find, again, in Scripture, that God asks you to work, and he asks you to put in good work, but he also says you need rest. So what I'm going to ask you today is to give eight hours, no, four hours <laughs> this week some time of intentional, I'm going to give this time to God. Y'all heard that before? Two of you have. I'm going to give this time to God. I'm going to step away my identity because I know my identity is found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to live that way. And so instead of being pulled by all the pressures of my job, instead of uh, just feeling like I am in, you know, this perception that I'm somehow in control, we get that way, don't we? We feel like I'm in control, so I keep working so I can control, I can make more money, I can do all of these things, that I can take a day, I can take four hours, and I can step back and I say, if you want to say, Jesus, take the wheel, like that, I like the social media meme where uh, there's a wheel falling off and it says, no, Jesus, not that wheel. Uh, but we can say, Jesus, take the wheel. That 
I trust God enough to say, okay, I can step back from this. And again, I pray. I, I, I remember from so many years ago in a small, in our young family class, one of the guys in the, in the class said, you know what, I wish it didn't take something big to make us, you know, have that light bulb moment about what we should be doing. I wish it didn't take a family emergency, um, a, a baby being born early, uh, uh, you know, something going on, losing someone, someone getting sick, to where I start praying more, to where my, now my antenna is up to God, you know, because we're going through life so fast that so many things are grabbing our attention that, that God is just kind of somewhere in the white noise in the background until that thing happens. And I, I love that, that that guy said that in that moment because I thought, yeah. Because I want to have it right. I want to, I want to be healthy in all that I do here. I want, to, I want to understand Scripture in a healthy manner. And I also want to, uh, when God is showing us some things, I want to be there to hear it. I want to be there to apply that to my life. And I hope you are too. So this week, and I promise you I'm going to ask next week, four hours. Maybe it's a Sunday nap or a Sunday watching TV where I promise normally I'm not I'm out doing something. I'm using the weekend. Uh, even though we have weekends off, we fill that up with how can I catch up. Uh, maybe you need to hire somebody to do something at your house so you can take four, four hours off. Don't look at your husband, uh, those of you who might have on the right side. Um, but intentionally take those time off and say, God, thank you for this gift. I'm giving these four hours to you. Could you do that? Again, I want to challenge you to uh, if your life is not right with Jesus this morning, to make that right, we're going to have a song of invitation right now. We'd love to pray with you. If you haven't begun that walk with him and want to be baptized, let's do that today as we stand and sing.